Welcome to the Agent Survival Guide Podcast, a podcast for today's insurance agents. Informing, educating, empowering, improving the way you do business in an industry that's anything but static. Craig Ritter, president of Ritter Insurance Marketing, just held a pre-AEP webinar with his take on the recent changes CMS made to the Medicare communications and marketing guidelines. It's always great hearing Craig's take on the industry, so if you missed out on attending or want to listen again, we are recapping that webinar in today's special episode. The biggest change in the 2019 Medicare Communications and Marketing Guidelines. All right. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on your uh, depending on your time zone. This is Greg Ritter. I'm the president of Ritter Insurance Marketing, and I want to thank you guys for joining me for this kind of impromptu uh, special uh, webinar uh, relating to the most recent. Medicare Communication and Marketing Guidelines um, that just came out uh, a week ago Friday. Uh, So this information is hot off the presses, and we wanted to make sure that you heard it from us first. Um, We think this is uh, very interesting information you'll find. So let me kind of walk you through this change and kind of how we found it, and then um, this conversation probably won't take too long. It's pretty cut and dry, but uh, we'll open up uh, for Q&A. So we'll give that a try. We do have a large number of attendees today, so it might be a little bit unwieldy to try to do a Q&A, but we'll see what we can do. And then if you do have any other questions, you can certainly uh, email them. Where would they send to you? Um, what do they send to me? Yeah. You, can e- you could just email them to me, Craig dot Ritter at RitterIM.com. So I don't have a formal presentation for you here because we kind of put this together impromptu as soon as we got the news. Um, but let me walk you through the through what we've discovered here. So the first place I'm going to take you to is the um, 2018 uh, MMG Medicare Marketing Guidelines. And the section um, that relates to marketing in a healthcare environment which would be, you know, clinics and and doctor's offices and so forth. Um, For as long as I can remember, always included uh, waiting rooms. So the the waiting room of a physician's office was always considered a restricted area. So this was the the MMG that came out last July. And you can see that it talks about restricted areas, so where you can't – where you can't market, of course, exam rooms, but one of those areas is waiting rooms was always, for as long as I can remember, considered a restricted area where you couldn't, um, you couldn't sell Medicare Advantage plans in those areas. Then this July, we got the new MMG, and the section actually changed. Uh, I'm sharing that with you now. But um, it changed from, I think it was, let me go back, 70.5 was the section that regulated marketing in the healthcare setting. Then with the new uh, MCMG, Medicare Communication and Marketing Guidelines, that section moved to 60.4. But one of the interesting things, and something that quite candidly we didn't even notice, 
uh, waiting rooms just completely disappeared from the uh, from the M from the MCMG. So it did reference common areas where marketing is allowed, um, like in cafeterias or conference rooms, um, but it listed restricted areas as well. But here you'll see that it has the exam rooms, patient rooms, and areas where treatment occurs. But waiting rooms just disappeared entirely from the from this section. So we didn't pick that up. It just flat disappeared. And then uh, a week ago Friday, so I guess like 10 days ago, CMS put out a final version of the Medicare communi communication and marketing guidelines. And I'll take you to that now. So I'll make that a little bigger so you can read it. So they rewrote uh, section 60.4. Um, and in this version, you can see in red that waiting rooms move from being a restricted area to being not referenced at all to being clarified in the 2019 guidelines to now be considered a common area. So the way the Medicare marketing guidelines works, um, those any changes to the MCMG are effective immediately when practicable. So this is this is the current um, this is the current regulation. So I mean I think we can safely say Van as of today, and I've got Van Hang, our compliance officer, with me to keep me on the straight and narrow. Um, but from our reading, it seems crystal clear that you can now sell Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D in a physician's waiting room or in the waiting room of a clinic. So I know a lot of our agents do a good deal of provider marketing. Um, providers, it's an interesting dynamic that they have, in a lot of cases, they'll have a risk contract where they'll, you know, have certain plans that they're interested in seeing their members, their, their patients join, but they're not allowed to directly steer them. So providers really need relationships with independent agents who are able to, um, to able to market those particular plans for those for that physician's group's patients. So it's it's historically been a great marketing method for independent agents since you have access to all the plans. But it was somewhat difficult because you weren't you know where you were able to to actually conduct the marketing, but. With this change, we think this is a this is a very significant change. Really opens up provider marketing. That the fact that CMS has actually listed the waiting room as a as a common area makes it crystal clear that you can market uh, you can market in a doctor's uh, uh, waiting room. So I don't think I have any other van unless you have something else to add. It's, <laughs> We think it's crystal clear. Now, one thing we have done is we've we've reached out to a lot of our um, providers. We just kind of a knee-jerk reaction just to verify that you know their reading is the same as ours. Haven't gotten a lot, and, and insurance companies tend to be a little bit on the slower side as far as um, you know reacting to this type of this type of uh, change in guidelines. But <clears throat> I think the our the agents that want to be proactive. If you're not currently doing the provider marketing, I think this is a, this is a is a great method to be able to get in front of consumers. Um, and if you are, it really opens up the opportunity for you to do it much more effectively than than you have been able to do in the past. So.
So um, I guess without further ado, maybe I'll open it up to questions. If you want to um, ask a question, you can, there should be a raised hand icon uh, on the participants panel. Um, and I'll try to, uh, I'll try to unmute your phone. I guess everybody's in, in mute mode now. If I don't get a chance to uh, answer your question, then uh, you can email me, and my email again is Craig, C-R-A-I-G dot Ritter at Ritterim.com. Yeah, so we got a comment that I, I think UHC did some clarification that the marketing can occur within 15 feet of the provider counter. So obviously different insurance companies are able to, you know, they're able to regulate more stringently than what CMS would allow. Um, I don't think they, clearly they can't be less stringent than CMS. So we may start seeing some additional um, interpretations and clarifications from the individual carriers as to you know other regulations that they might put around this so so appreciate that i appreciate that comment all right well this was short and sweet i hopefully uh hopefully this is something that you can build into your practice uh that can help you get in front of more medicare beneficiaries uh, on a favorable basis i think one of the other changes that that uh, we saw that i think is a little bit more widely known is that you can now collect scopes of appointment and permission to contact forms at educational events. Uh, you can't do any marketing of a particular company for an educational event, but you can do the, um, uh, you can collect scopes. So that was another big change that we we're excited with. And uh, Tammy, Tammy, are you there? Yeah. Tammy, can you hear me? I tried to, yep, I can hear you. Okay. Uh before you said that we are now allowed to give out business cards when we have educational meetings, where did you find that information? That would be under educational, right? So here, let me so find it for you. I'll just do it kind of on the spot here. So educational meetings. Oh, this is the old one. Oh no, this is a this is the September fifth. So it's in fifty point one. Fifty point one. Right, and it says that you may set up a future marketing appointment and distribute business cards and contact information for beneficiaries to initiate contact. This includes, and this is new, but just to clarify, this includes completing and collecting a scope of appointment form. So that's, yeah, just do it, do your own reading of, 50, and of course the companies put out their guidance too, but 50.1 right. is the section that's, that you're, that's the information that we gave you. Right, and when I'm doing educational, I'm not representing anyone. You know, I'm just doing educational. These are the parts of Medicare types of plans. You know, what Correct. you can look at, that sort of thing. So. Yep. So, just yeah. So you can't you can't market any particular plan right. at an educational event. So you have to hold that till till afterwards. You right. can't and hold a, a marketing event what immediately. Following. This is educational. I can't talk to you about any type of plan. I can't talk to you about personal information. After we're done, I will stick around if you want to talk to me. So that's just kind of how I handle it. Yeah, so there you would have to you'd get a scope and then it does say that you can't do a marketing or sales event following that educational event. So at the same hotel. So you can't have like your educational event 
in the you know uh, chestnut room and then move over to the maple leaf room and and do a do a sales event. <laughs> so right. Just to, just to see that yeah. section, but no, I, thanks, I did, but, but I did get some scopes the other day after a meeting, so that was a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Tammy. I think I got another question. Let me see. Is that what that beep is? Oh, I got the chat. Do you want to? Can you read me the chat questions? Yeah. Oh wait. So I got a question from Helen, but she's on a dial-in, so mm -hmm. I can't see. Helen, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to email me your question because I think you're a dial-in user, so I can't identify which line. There's about 40 40 call-in users. So. <laughs> Um, in the chat box, it says, Ken, what about Walmart waiting area near the pharmacy during eight? So, I, so the question is about the Walmart, or about the waiting area next to the pharmacy during AEP. During so I know that the pharmacy counter is considered where care is, is, um, is delivered, but there's probably, it's probably like I would say the 15 feet is probably the... You know, our I think our interpretation would be you'd need to be 15 feet from the counter. So you could probably be adjacent to the counter and probably where the people are waiting to get their prescriptions, but not uh, but not right at the counter. And let me see. The next question in the chat box is, what is the title of the document that this information is in, and where can I get a copy of it? Okay. So the yeah the question was, what's the title of the document where this is, and and how can you get a copy? So um, the way I do it is I just Google um, CMS and uh, Medicare or MMG for Medicare marketing guidelines, and that gives you the link to um, to where you want to go. So I just click on this first result, which is the Medicare marketing guidelines. So this is on the CMS.gov website, and the first result is the MMG that was issued uh, with a date of 9-5-2018. Uh, so that's the most current uh, Medicare communication and marketing guidelines uh, regulation. Um, so it's dated 9-5, it actually came out um, on Friday, uh, a week ago Friday, so so that's how you get it. So you just click on that link and you'll get the PDF and that's, that's actually this document right here. Um, and then 60.4 is the regulation on marketing in a healthcare setting. I think I got another hand raised. Let me see if I can find it. All right. Do we have another? Uh, uh, new educational presentation still needs to be approved by CMS. So, well, the question is, does an educational presentation need to be approved by CMS? And that would be no, right, man, because it's not marketing. Yeah, yeah. Dan's going to come a little closer, but he'll clarify on this. Yeah, that the CMS never really need to approve any education event. As long as the information is generic and educational purposes, and you do not need to submit to CMS for approval. Because it's not considered marketing. Correct. Because it's not carrier-specific. So it's not considered marketing, so it wouldn't have to be filed or approved by CMS. And we have some documents that we uh, – we have some presentations that we use, so if you wanted uh, – and it, to, to get something, I mean, I think we use one of the ones that Medicare put out. So, another question? Uh, in a previous webinar, I believe I understood you to say that if you have any carrier logos on your website, your website would have to be CMS approved. Is correct? So the carrier. So the question is, if the care, if you have a carrier logo on your website, 
would it need to be CMS approved? And I think the answer is no. no. It doesn't need to be CMS approved, just having the, having the logo. Um, however, if you have a contract with uh, Humana or Aetna or United, in that contract that you signed with them, it's going to govern your use of their logo. So you would, you know, you'd want to cons obviously consult with your contract, but what you're going to find most likely that the carrier is going to require prior approval. So just so you understand that it's not a CMS requirement, but but based on the contract you have with the health plan that you need to get their approval to use their logo, just to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> so. Eight new or whatever. Um, in regards to Medicare, can you do a screen share and turn over control to the client to sign an application? Yeah, so we're we'll maybe a little bit out of the scope, but <laughs> but the uh, the question was, can you screen share with Medicareful and the client sign the? Um, can you do a screen share and turn over control to the client for the signature? Mm, maybe we'll get back. Yeah. We'll need to know who that is. <laughs> we'll get back on that one. But yeah. Um, I think yeah, yeah, we'll kind of we'll table that one for right now. Um, I have been told that we no longer have to report events. Is that correct? So yeah, so the question is about reporting formal and informal sales events. So there was a change in the uh, MMG last year where the health plans were not required to file the events with CMS, but that CMS required the health plans to maintain a record of all informal and formal sales events. And this, with this most recent guideline, now the carriers don't have to maintain, CMS does, is not requiring the health plans to maintain a list of the informal or formal sales events that occur. Um, so again, similar to the question about the logos, um, the health plan would still have the ability to require you to um, file a f informal or formal sales event with them just so that they could do monitoring, you know, if they wanted to do monitoring or whatever. So uh, while CMS is not requiring the health plan to maintain that, um, we, would, we would encourage you to defer to your carrier for guidance as to whether or not they would want you to file the informal or formal sales event with them, even though they're not required to keep it. They, they may choose to have it. So. Um, so the, it's kind of a, a yes and no, <laughs> yes and no answer there. But but we would always have you defer to the carrier, um, and if they wanted it, then we would we would you would want to submit it to them. Um, can you show the new guideline that says unrequested email contact is now okay? So that's unsolicited, Correct. unsolicited uh, contact. So what would I do? Email. Yeah. Was it specific to email? Uh, yeah. Is it so? <clears throat> so we're now able to, to send unsolicited email uh, without having the member's authorization uh, to do so. There are some regulations around how you do it. So uh, it's under 30.6 is where you'll find that regulation. Um, so you can, um, you can do unsolicited email, but you, but you have to have an opt-out uh, option. And then do they still have to put the... Uh, Convention that you need in marketing. Oh, yeah. It used to it used to say that you had to have marketing in the subject line, but that's I guess was redacted by CMS now. So you just have to have opt out uh, option for the process. So and I think that scan spam is yeah. 
I mean, that's that's the same regulation as can spam. So. Are the changes to educational events effective this AEP? Yeah, the, so the question is, are the changes to the educational events effective this AEP? And the answer is they're effective immediately. Um, so, yeah, so yes, and yes, like today. <laughs> if you did an educational event today, you could collect the scope of appointment or hand out business cards. Uh, can you represent multiple carriers at an informal event? Uh, so can you represent multiple carriers at an informal event? The answer is yes. If you didn't have, so the advantage of having an informal uh, marketing event is that you don't have to collect the scope of appointment uh, for that plan since it's already been filed with them. Um, but now there's no 48-hour rule on scope of appointment. So if you wanted to market something that was not, um, you didn't have filed as an informal sales event, you would just collect the scope in advance of making the presentation. So those are all the questions. And those are all the questions. So hey, you, you guys, that's great questions. Really appreciate all the all the Q and A. So once again, want to thank you for uh, joining us on this impromptu meeting. We think it was uh, some great uh, some great information to share with you guys to help you maximize your marketing this AEP. And again, if you have questions, you want to email me. Feel free to do so at Craig dot Ritter at Ritterim.com. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. And again, that was Craig Ritter with the biggest change in the 2019 Medicare communications and marketing guidelines. If you'd like more information, whether it's on the MCMG, compliance concerns, or sales tips and training to make it through AEP, that's what the Agent Survival Guide is all about. You can find us online at agentsurvivalguide.com or visit our show notes for the link to the site. We have a special section with articles geared toward annual enrollment called Surviving AEP. We will have the link to that in our show notes. And if you're wondering how to view our show notes on your device in the app you listen to your podcasts on, click on the title of the episode and that will bring up the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this installment of the Agent Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, if you would like to hear more from Craig Ritter and other industry professionals, we would love to know. You can comment on this episode, reach out on social media, or send us an email. At the end of the day, this is your podcast, and we want to bring you the most useful content we can to help you survive today and thrive tomorrow. We will see you next episode. <laughs>